It's like I'm having the most beautiful dream. And the most terrible nightmare all at once. Hey you. Yes, I mean you, dear listener. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Waru Desho podcast. We're so happy to have the pleasure of your company today. If you've listened to us before and like our show, you might be wondering how you can support us, since we won't take your money. This podcast will continue to be free, but if you'd like to show your appreciation, please consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes, as those help our discoverability. If you don't use iTunes, that's fine too. You can follow us and like and share our content on SoundCloud, YouTube, and Twitter. Additionally, we love getting your feedback, positive or negative. Tweet us at Show or email us at Show at gmail.com. Whether or not it gets read on the show, I can assure you, we all read every tweet and email you send us. And once again, dear listener, we thank you so much. Now please, enjoy the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Warrior Dash Show's Stream of Thought, Season 3, Episode 6 of Banana Fish. I have two things to say off of the front. First off, happy Friday. Hey, hey. Thank God. Continuing my tradition of on-screen alcoholism, you know, I'm just getting it all out there. And I have an opening question for everyone here. Maybe we'll turn this into a twist poll, but something that just came to mind literally earlier today. So, open question to those of you in the audience. Would you consider Banana Fish to technically be Surf and Turf? <laughs> no, I'm serious. There's the Surf bit, the fish, and there's the Turf, the bananas. Is it technically Surf and Turf? Answers on a postcard. It can't, it can't be Turf. It can't be Turf, can it? Because bananas aren't walking around on the Turf. Right? Mm. Well, I mean, in that case, isn't every seafood meal surf and turf? Because rice is technically turf if a if a banana's turf. Ah, well, I was (laughs) going to try and use this as a marketing gimmick, you know, for future restaurants. You know, banana fish. You know, you get your seafood entree while also watching horribly depressing, terrible shit during downtime episodes. Holy fuck! Kind of a kind of caught me off guard. I must say. Jesus indeed, Christ. indeed. There is some stuff that I definitely 
I mean, we should know, right? I mean, we should know at this point. But yeah, like you know, it's it's half the course for banana fish, really. And yet, and yet, it still is a little oof, oof. I know, I know. I mean, like I said before on Twitter, my reaction to this episode was okay. This is fairly, you know, all right. This is banana fish, but it's you know downtime. You know, there's no gags. There's no ongoing gun battles. There's no, you know horrible shit happening to people Mm -hmm. well that didn't last forever did it it did not oh well it did not it lasted like 15 minutes (laughs) that's more than i expected maybe that's an improvement or a a bit of down thing for banana fish also my monitor has gone really weird fuck it whatever um but anyway yes we're now going to talk about episode six the my lost city which scott fitzgerald (laughs) title so we get more more lost i mean I know these are all literary references at this point, but I just keep thinking to myself they're different things. In this case, I thought to myself, oh, is Ash going to reveal, like, you know, he's, you know, got an Inca temple of gold somewhere? Yes, yes, the right mysterious cities of gold. (laughs) I always think of that, too. Yes. Mm. Or I think of, uh, what is that film? It's not Hotel Rwanda. City of God? That's about a similar... Anyway. That's Mm, apropos of nothing. I mean, we're gonna, we'll talk about movie references in a second because, of course, we do have the Twitter polls to talk about in a minute. That's right. I'm uh, going to be pulling those up now while you, while you, uh, <laughs> I almost typed titter.com, not a website you want to type. <laughs> Are you on sure a, that's not on your favorite stuff? On stock? a work machine, uh, I am sure. That, was that, was that not, incognito mode? Not on this PC. We'll just say that. Oh. All right. Ho, ho, ho. Fair enough then, my friend. Um, so yeah, this Jesus, this episode, like, even now that they're outside New York, I'm just still like it's great, it's a good show, it's still great and all that, but mm-hmm. good grief, like, I think I'm going to be able to now start, like, I've established a trend like, at this point of marking like, what's going to happen to particular characters like, who's the, who are the nicest, most clean-cut people that we meet in Banana Fish? Um, like, as that gets, goes up, like, you know, where they get nicer and mm-hmm. more, you know clean cut easy living apart from AG who's got like you know the exception uh, their life expectancy declines quite dramatically pretty bad mm. Sperky's life expectancy has gone up because they're in chat hello Sperky uh, <laughs> are, so... you say, are you saying we're good for people's self? I thought that we, we were not we're a bad podcast you know, yeah but like simply harming people's self like Sperky <laughs> well, well okay so... Shouldn't there be a Surgeon General's warning on this podcast? That's all I'm saying. I mean, you put me in a corner, so I think I have to agree with you. The line of thought I was taking was that uh, people will laugh at us at how shit this is, and laughter oh, being the best medicine, they will, you know, lead happier lives, de-stress, that kind of thing. Whatever way we can lessen the stress in your lives, whether it's being, like engaging not likely probably the least likely outcome or bad drunk dumb incoherent today's Um, product placement by the way is sauro pramen nicer prague beer from prague that probably was brewed (laughs) elsewhere where was this brewed actually let's see if i can find it uh hmm doesn't immediately say because I get the feeling, it's one of those things like, you know, whenever you buy beer, it's usually like, you know, oh, yeah, go brewed in the UK. Yeah, definitely not from Prague. No, Unless... that's not in Czechoslovakia. 
<laughs> no, probably in some bumfuck brewery in the middle of fucking Norwich or something. Who knows? It's oh, a mash juice beer, but it works. So yeah, expect me to cycle through a lot of alcohol through the coming weeks um, as we watch more of these, especially on Fridays, because that's how I roll. Not to, Sorry. Not to anger people from Norwich, but like, I have to say, the last time I saw the Norwich City football kits, I was very down on them. Not a fan. <laughs> not a fan of, like, just very, very bright yellow as the background, and then a a green on top that is not unlike uh, the Subway logo and colors. And it's Maybe one that always makes for. me think of that Subway was not a sponsor at the time. Uh, I'm sure it was like Bwin or UAE. Um, Either that, I don't know her. She's Taco Bell. You know, <laughs> no, none Apple of those big companies. It's I'm, all I'm no, never, never do our lower rung football teams sponsored by anything other than gambling websites. It's either like yeah. B Win or Bet Three Six Five or some shit like that. Well, at least honestly yourselves, because whenever you're watching football, it's a gamble if you'll actually watch something entertaining as opposed to 90 minutes of bum diddly fuck all. So, I don't know. How anyway, dare we'll you? Move away from, How? We'll move away. Why oh, do you. that? I think football's Why a bag did... of wank, to be honest. But anyway, let's move on. <laughs> what? what? Yeah, you heard me. You know my opinion. It's people this. like you that. Karmi- know exactly what they're talking about. Karmically prevented. It from coming home. It's because of your bad vibes that the World Cup it's went okay. elsewhere. It's okay. Problem X won, you know, Evo Street Fighter Five, so it did come home later. Just well, <laughs> Street Fighter. Let's Street what? Fighter did not go we, home. We Street Fighter went away. The smallest violin here for you. <laughs> Street Fighter went away from home. It's visiting the UK. Um, well, it's where you know it's in a good place right now. It is. I'm very happy for All Problem right. X. Indeed, so am I. Alright, so let's move away from football and fighting games, and let's actually... So, let's go to the Twitter polls, if you may, Doc. Twitter polls. Because we did ask a couple of uh, questions last week that were also quasi-relevant to Banana Fish in general. Alright. Because we shot the last episode... Shot. Streamed... Point blank range. ...the last episode. Street style. On a Monday. uh, Ash Link style from a distance. Um... (laughs) From a distance. No. Um, the Is that polls. You try to do Let It Go and beats like some <laughs> sort of like gangland song. Maybe. Like, Isn't oh. there like an, a golden oldie that's like from a distance? I don't remember. Uh, for some reason, that tune pops in my head. But uh, these polls are still open from episode five. So if you'd like to, you know, weigh in, so to speak, you may. At Watery Desho on Twitter. Twitter.com slash Watery Desho. Um, so, did the animation in Banana Fish, Episode 5, impress you relative to other episodes? Shadan, I believe it was you that made reference to this. Uh, this is our most lopsided poll to date. Uh, 96% said yes. Good. I'm glad that, I'm um, glad that they agree. The uh, And... What should have been the most lopsided poll? Do you like the movie Mystery Men? Eighty-nine percent said yes. Still a the, very the healthy mi- margin the, of victory. The real mystery here is what is with the eleven percent who said no. I know. Come on. 
Guys. Come on. Guys. Girls. Guys, girls, and MBs, please. Explain. Explain I mean, to me why you don't like Mystery Men. There's stuff in it that I'll I don't start. like, but it doesn't affect the fact that the whole package is unambiguously great. That's right. Thank great. You. Unambiguous. Mm-hmm. No bones about it. No caveats, no hair splitting. It's great. It's great. Damn right. All right. So I guess we can fork talk. give them and agree to fork get their bad poll voting. Oh, I would be... Ooh, man. That's a... Uh, how much alcohol is in this again? <laughs> Not enough. Let's, no, um, 5% exactly. Uh, that'll have to do. This is a bit those are the polls from last week. We'll make new mm -hmm. ones during the episode and try to link them in the chat. But if we don't, you well, can always go to our surf, Twitter. Surf and turf? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Surf and turf is, is banana turf. I'm going to... That's going to be a poll. I'm making it now. To while fair, you talk. To be fair, banana fish is about turf wars as well. Yep. Yep. That's terrible. That's, I'm so sorry about that. Yep. That is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. I can I... see Doc's ready to revoke my podcasting license anytime soon. It's going to happen. It's going to take it away from the Ontario too, because I've been getting laminated it. So. Oh, well. It was a good run while it lasted. It's almost three years. Jesus Christ. Longer than anyone thought we'd be around. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Banana Fish, episode six. Shadon? Hmm? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Did well, I cut I out? Thought, so, no, um, I was waiting for you to start talking about oh, it. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, we should, we're... Should summarize this That's right. I'm going to do the summary. But um, uh, do you mind... Uh, so, I'm going to make a poll really quick before we start. Go on. Is banana fish okay. surf and turf? Yes <laughs> or no? No, the answer is yes or yes. You know, clearly. Like, there's debate about this? There's debate. There's absolutely debate. This is... We cannot lose all meaning of surf and turf. It's too great of a of a, of a catchy sort of phrase to, to lose in the mire of ambiguity that you have plunged it into. Well, I don't have that fond of appreciation for surf and turf because the last time I had it when I was in America, when I was in uh, New York in 20 cent, Probably enough same location as banana fish. Uh, I went to Red Lobster in Times Square and I had food poisoning the following day. Fantastic. And that's because I did have... Well, that's because you were eating a Red Lobster, man. <laughs> that's not... I that's expect, look, bad. Look, Red Lobster in Times Square, I didn't expect to be eating toxic fucking waste. Most, Jesus Christ. Most chain places in America are... Well, I mean... I don't know. I mean, there's some that I like. But I like them with... The sort of I, like I go in with the knowledge that like what I'm going to get is not like top of the line, or it's, perhaps it's even, even unhealthy. <laughs> it's not even about top of the line. I just expect you know not to have fever not dreams to die. the following day yeah. because I've got food poisoning. Like I was laid up in bed in like this hotel in New York, hearing all the noises from outside, all the sirens. Are, I'm just here tripping balls because the fucking prods I had the previous night. I don't know. They must have come out from the fucking nuclear centrifuge nearby. I the don't sewer. know. Sewer. Sewer. Jesus Christ. Fucking foul. 
So I don't, you know, I don't expect it to be hot cuisine, but I expect it to, you know, not be also stomach pumpingly awful. So surf and turf, you know, yeah, not so much. When you come to the Gulf Coast, I'm gonna gonna get you some some real surf and turf. Great. All right. No that, fever dreams. The notebook. It's out. Oh, I thought you were prepping for the news then. Now the news. Banana fish. Episode six. My lost city. An F. Scott Fitzgerald. Title? It's pretty good. It's a good episode. Now the weather. Shadon? Well, over here, the weather, there's a high pressure region forming around Ash Lynx as he has to deal with more bullshit put on him from this, you know, the east and the west coast, as it turns out. And now back to you, Doc, in the studio. Thank you, Shadon. And now? What? Why, why is your newscaster sounding more and more like Sean Connery as time goes oh. on? <laughs> oh, it's just me in disguise doing the news. Let's talk about banana fish. Are you ready? Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Go on then. This episode begins with a road trip down mm-hmm. the coast from New York to Cape Cod. Mm-hmm. So, all right, I've got to stop doing the accent because <laughs> I have to avoid certain words because they don't sound as good. All right, so yes, road trip, road trip. Um, Max and Ash driving down the road in what can only be described as uh, an immigrant smuggling vehicle uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, rambling along uh, Max singing uh, one lyric to the song Oh My Darling Clementine over and over and uh, just one step above the wheels on the bus go round and round in <laughs> of annoyance because like <laughs> Ash's face in this is like I would have been exactly the same. Honestly, I'm I'm literally surprised that the guys in the back shot AG and eBay weren't literally yelling, "Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet?" They're sleeping. Um, I was sleeping. I I was surprised that they. Were, oh, I mean, I wasn't surprised they were there. I guess like I had forgotten, at least initially, like that they were going because I was like, "Oh, it's just those two. This is going to be kind of an intimate episode." <laughs> and then, nope. Uh, eBay and Shorter and Eiji are asleep in the back. Mm-hmm. So they arrive in Ash's hometown, mm-hmm. the place where he and his brother were raised. And uh, boy, when he, when we get there, I I did not imagine what was in store for these guys. So uh, we meet Jennifer and Jim. At like a local mm-hmm. like tavern, restaurant, bar type thing. I mean, it's called Green Hill Diner, and I'm like, what, a diner. This, like, you know, this, but Green Hill is this the Sonic Stein? So, are we gonna have like you know Sonic? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Uh, does when that mean like when we have the later fight scene, I could put in like Sonic's like you know sounds where he like you know hits someone, and then like you know whoop, when someone whoop. gets shot, you like hear Bang. the noise of the rings coming out like. Yeah, the spilling rings. That would be that would be awful because I'm an awful person. Sorry. Uh, yeah, the the green hill. I didn't even think of that. They're just yes, that's incredible. <laughs> um, so 
uh, that's the first place that the group goes once they arrive. Um, and Jim, who's Ash's father, it turns out, is basically like, Wilf isn't the little man whore and his mm-hmm. other whores. You paying my son for fucking him? And uh, just like, damn, man. Just like, brutal. So cold. Uh, Jenny... I mean, I thought it was supposed to be warm in Boston <laughs> that time of year, but clearly not. Jenny is very glad to see him. Uh, she's a very kind lady, it turns out. But, but wow. Uh, I... I didn't think it was his dad at first. I was like, I'm literally who surprised is this jerk? That he... I know. I mean, I'm literally surprised that Jim wasn't like, you know, armed with a double-barreled shotgun and like, you know, making racial slurs or something because he was literally one step above that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. I know. <sighs> Good old, you know, county, you know, country area America. Classic. And I mean, and, and it turns out like this is probably some self-loathing on his part because of the things he pushed him to and the ways he reacted to very traumatic events in the life of his child. Yeah, great. So uh, they go home to the home they grew up in. Uh, There's a cute moment when Asia gets scared by a big giant rat in a drawer. Very cute. (laughs) Uh, They go to Griff's room. They thumb through a photo album and see the doctor, like the gangster in a lab coat from Dino's yeah. group. That uh, carrot salt looking motherfucker. Yes. Who knows about banana fish. And it turns out that like he was in the um the unit uh that Griff was in before Griff was transferred to the unit Max was in. So Max doesn't know the guy um from the army. His name is Abraham Dawson. Uh they somehow get his address off of a list of names that Griff was keeping. Uh, I guess government issued. Um, a lot of information on this list. <laughs> because there was nothing about him on the internet. You know, Ash uh, checks his phone that has cert- you, miraculously has service. That, <laughs> are you telling me that Abraham Dawson is not on LinkedIn? <laughs> what, about, what, about, what about Facebook? Tinder? I mean, I Mafia biochemist. <laughs> Mixed miracle poisons. Illegal drugs. Hot strains of heroin. Um, so the address that they find for Abraham, for old old honest Abe, uh, is the same address that that guy Stephen in the first episode gave to Ash mm. before he died. I don't mm-hmm. remember what it was, but I won't have to. The show will let us know. So, um. What happens next? Uh, my notes are hard to read, even though I just wrote them like earlier this morning. Um, uh, so, Ag and Ash have a moment together, staring across kind of the the grassy plains. There's a lake. The sun is setting, and Ag sees beauty, but Ash sees a former kind of painful thing that. He's totally emotionally cut off from now. Like, has no feeling yeah. toward it. He's he's amputated that part of his heart and his, his memories. And honestly, I mean, yes. Like, as a survival mechanism, I absolutely understand why. And yeah. don't... I mean, 
can't really fault the guy for this. Yeah. As an aside, like to me, it's very telling that, you know, you can have a couple of reactions to the way that Ash is treated. You can be very angry, very shameful, you know, very embarrassed, very, you know, reticent to talk about. Or, in its own kind of profound way, you can be like he is now, where he's just like, I have nothing. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Which, you know, yeah. like, it's like, it's like, it's like when you ask someone a, a probing question, they don't answer. Like, they just simply don't speak. Yeah. Like, that's not replying, but it is an answer all of itself. So, it certainly speaks volumes, despite the fact that he just says, I got nothing about how he feels about what we find out later on. And, well, great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, okay. So, before. Before that business, we have uh, eBay. Um, well, no, actually, we have uh, the, this is sunset. So we have the scene in the morning in which AG wakes up to gunfire, comes out and sees Ash shooting what appear to be perfectly good bottles of wild turkey. And just like, don't Six. waste the whiskey. <laughs> Six bottles of liquor on the wall. Six <laughs> bottles of liquor. <laughs> I shoot a bottle, it's on the bottle, etc., etc., etc. Snipe one down. Nice. Uh, fucking dudes just, I mean, apparently he misses one and says, Well, I'm rusty. But shooting things at a distance with a sawed off, you know, Cougar Magnum or whatever the hell that is, is, uh, is quite a feat. Um, but he's doing this at Aegis. He's like, oh, I, I want to... Well, I don't think he even asks. I think Ash just is like, well, do you want to try it? Give it a, a try. Aegis eyes light up like a kid on Christmas. Yes! And, of course, he looks like a dork holding a gun. It's very yep, cute. I love, the, I love the transition here where he, where he grabs it and immediately cuts him in almost the same posture. But it's him just like... <laughs> he's, like, I'll, hunched I'll over, kind of. And, like, he I'll has a... A really bad grip on the gun and of course you know ag gets to kind of steady him and show him how to shoot the gun uh he doesn't miraculously hit the bottle on his first try but he gets a little bit of experience ebay uh you know comes into cock block uh ash and he's like hey why don't you go wake shorter up ag <laughs> hey motherfucker let's talk ash you and Asia are too different. Think about what's best for him, okay? Uh, I need to... Speak speak for yourself, eBay. You've not physically stopped him from coming on this ludicrous <laughs> fucking road trip. Yeah. What do you, yeah. fuck do you think this is? The Come cannonball on. run? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yes. You're, un yes. you're unraveling a conspiracy involving drugs, Afghanistan, the murder of several people, mob bosses, and you think that you're the one to tell Ash, like, you know, think what's best for him? But like one more, well, after one more stop, we're getting off this train. So I'm different from you. I On the care. other side of the <laughs> fucking country? <laughs> yep. Jesus Christ, eBay. I mean, I eBay just doesn't want as long of a flight back to Japan. He's like, if we leave from LAX instead of LaGuardia, <laughs> the flight will only be 12 hours <laughs> instead of like uh... 18 hours. Look, right, I've only got vouchers for Delta Airlines <laughs> and I cannot spend them anywhere else. So you'll excuse me if I put uh, them in now. We're boxed in, AG. We have to find a way to get to LAX. What? You're going to Los Angeles? Of course we'll go. Um, 
But boy, yeah, Ash is very much like, hey, the kid's 19, and he doesn't know how to take care of himself, in, especially in this country. Uh, mm-hmm. So you're babying him. And eBay kind of pouts off to, to Max, and Max is very much like, hey, like maybe he has a point. Why you do you know? Oh, go ahead. You know, there's there's a line here that I really loved in that eBay says, maybe I am, you know, babying a chan too much. Now, <laughs> there's the honorific right there. Like, without yeah. even realizing it, he's admitted, like, he says, maybe. Mm-hmm. But what he actually says confirms it to be true because he's referring to it with that yes. particular honorific. Totally. So, sorry, AB, but you, you absolutely are you know, your nanny's stating the poor kid, and to be fair to him, he does require a certain protection because, like, you know, he's a deer in headlights. The biggest fucking headlights in the world in this particular scenario. But at the same time, like, you know, sheltering him too much, like, you know, he won't grow into any kind of person, never mind, you know, a monster. Like, he won't be anyone. So... It's the eternal struggle of mentors, older siblings, parents... You know, yep. how much do you let your uh, your mentee, your younger sibling, your son or daughter, like, like how far is too far to let them stray? Like, where's the line between letting them make their own mistakes and like saving them from some kind of lasting harm? It's like a very death. difficult question. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, there's like, like being involved in a mob war. Um, but yeah, exactly. but even in less extreme circumstances, like, I mean, this is something I struggle with, um, and I'm working through my own life because, you know, of course you want your kids to to grow up to be like functioning adults, good citizens, like mm-hmm. people that can take care of themselves. Uh, and be independent but Mm -hmm. man you also don't want them to go through any pain and boy it's a hard balance to strike I have to say and I don't have any like fantastic wisdom in this area because my kids are all still pretty little and the mistakes they want to make are pretty low stakes low risk kind of things yeah nothing too permanent or no harmful well for me like i don't have kids but i've already decided you know when i have i'm just gonna drop off in the woods and let nature take care of itself thank you papa hobbs god (laughs) welcome to your new home lads the state of nature (laughs) (laughs) look natural selection will prove their worth (laughs) there's a he's a here's what your new life is gonna be like solitary poor nasty Brutish and short. <laughs> Can I eat the mushrooms, Dad? No, those are poisonous. What about those mushrooms? Poisonous. You decide for ones? yourself. Poisonous. <laughs> and what about those? Severe dis- digestive discomfort. I don't know. Why don't you bribe a friend to eat it and see what happens? <laughs> and then you act Give accordingly. To... Give it to your little sister. <laughs> She's only two. Ah, well, that's why. Survival you of the fittest, the lad. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Oh my god! This but, is why uh, I probably will never have children. I f- but I I feel for for eBay in some senses here, although I mean, you know, perhaps perhaps not unlike me, you know, he has some selfish motives for doing this that mm-hmm. are not necessarily like rooted in the good of Asia. 
uh, you know, Max asked him outright, like, why, why do you care so much about him? You know, he's, you're not really, you know, you're not related. Like, what's the story? And, you know, he tells him, eBay tells him the pole vaulting stuff that we already know, but he adds his own, um, his own details to it when he says like uh that the photos that i took of him were what saved me in my career when i was in a downturn and so i want to repay him for that mm-hmm. and i want to take care of him because he's still an amazing pole vaulter he just can't get over the psychological hump right now and max is basically like yeah i call bullshit Holmes, <laughs> you are just like you just have this jealousy of him uh and you want to be him or like live your life cathartically through him and so you want to keep him close to you and safe so that you can experience that hello blue sea uh welcome back um and yeah that's interesting i mean do you like do you think that that's a fair assessment of of ebay well, for me, um, I don't think we really know that much about him just yet to make a conclusive judgment. Maybe there'll be more of this later on. I think that for the moment, though, it has to be said, like, on paper, his actions make no fucking sense. Like, the first sign of trouble, he should have been back on that plane with AG with him, rather than coming along for the ride. Yeah. Come to think of it, maybe that might explain it, because one of the things you'll notice is that when he's at, when he first gets Cape Cod and they remark how beautiful the place looks, he starts taking photographs. So the question therefore is, and I don't know if whether or not this will be a relevant hmm. theme or character, is is he coming along because he wants to help AG or because he reckons there's a really, really amazing scoop at the end of this? That's a very interesting possibility. For whatever reason, I didn't process that, uh, the photo taking. So, yeah. Yeah. He's documenting the journey, so Some... who knows, like, you know, what for what reason? I mean, he already said, like, you know, that he, you know, took the, the photographs he took of AG, saved his career, mm-hmm. and, like, you know, well, <laughs> why not enhance it while I'm here, you know? Mm-hmm. We'll find out, because Max... he doesn't really care that much about Ash. No, that's right. He'll... <laughs> eBay will tell Max, like, you, you write the words, I'll do the pictures. We'll both make a mm-hmm. killing. <laughs> It'll be a... It would be a spread at Vanity Fair, Time Magazine, something. Um, no, that's an interesting possibility I hadn't considered. Um, I t- like I tend to think like uh, I mean Max seems like a pretty sharp character, so even though we don't really know too much about eBay, it sounds it sounds like it's not too far off the mark. I think the way eBay reacted is pretty telling. Um, mm. And he's like, just wait till my friend PayPal comes. Together, we're the strongest duo in online auctioning. Um, so I'll have you know, my Patreon has five hundred subscribers. Oh, <laughs> uh, if eBay has to get a Patreon, that that would be bad times. What is the is the is that what the tier awards? You know, two thousand dollars pledge per month, and I will follow a gang war through to its bitter end. See that we're sort of going down two comedic lines. I'm talking about E B A Y and PayPal. <laughs> You're oh. talking about. Does that make me an? Un... Does that make me you know like a bad person for mistaking that? Not no, no. 
Uh, Kay, you're right. eBay is a good egg. I mean, he seems like a, a like a good dude, despite. I mean, and good good people can have like mixed motives or even selfish motives, and I don't think that invalidates well, their goodness. Just to borrow the metaphor, though, um, eggs can go rotten. <laughs> no, he's not doing that. I feel like he's gonna. I don't know. <laughs> Do you think he's gonna make it out of this alive? If you had to, Ooh. if you had to bet. All bets are off at this point. I don't know. Like, I mean, like, Jesus fucking Christ! No one, no one is safe no. in this show. No anymore. one is safe. No one. I mean, to be fair, like the person who does die in this episode, I should have marked immediately. I should have thought, wait a minute, they're too wholesome. <laughs> Something's not right here. Mm-hmm. But I don't fucking know. Like, I. Like, if you told me that in episode 14, Shorter just gets his head fucking blown off, I I wouldn't be able to... No! Oh, I'm putting that on the record, aren't I? <laughs> don't tell me that. I don't know that. He'll be saying, oh, that Shorter and weeping. Oh, that Shorter. Well, so, let's so. M- move on to the yelling. Because AG basically marks, marks, marches into uh, the diner, the Green Hill Diner, and mm-hmm. starts yelling at Jim. And Jim's just like, who is this fucker? Like, and, you know, Max is like, well, I knew Griff. We were in Nam together, et cetera, et cetera. And so Jim, hearing that, says, well, I guess you're not a man horse, so I'll tell you a story. He's like, offers them a drink. Um, Kay asks, what do you guys think of Max's you know what I mean when he asks if uh, making AG leave is best for him? Ah, okay. Um, hmm. I think, so, the way that I read it was this, Kay. Um... I th- so eBay is saying leaving, going back to Japan is best for Eiji. And what he means by that is it is the least risky proposition for Eiji to get hurt or killed. Hmm. And Max is, I think, uses saying what's good for Eiji in a different sense of like what's good for him as a whole person. Because that might involve more risk. That might involve risking his life. But in the long run, or even in the short run, if he dies, like having those experiences and kind of self-actualizing and and learning and thinking for himself will be better for for Eiji as a human being than simply being safe, simply going back to the cocoon. Uh, simply allowing eBay to wrap him in cotton wool. This is the way I took it. Yeah. Well, for me, one of the things I think that's noteworthy about the way that eBay, eBay like, you know, frames his discussions with Ash and the way he talks about AG is that he never says to Ash in particular, for example, like, this could get him killed. He says, you two are very different. Mm-hmm. But that that doesn't necessarily, you know, be that isn't necessarily unique to this particular context. 
like you could say to many different couples or pe pairs of people out there, you're very different. So I don't think that a um, that eBay is actually framing this in something that's immediately about you know AG's well-being and immediate safety. Like you know, we commented before, like you know about the uh, you know you know the fact that they're involved in the mafia war when they really shouldn't be. I mean, as Blue Sea has said, mafia is no joke. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I, eBay was just trying to be tactful. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not so sure. You're you very roll different. With, you kill people. This, <laughs> now, roll with me on this idea for a second here, but here's the thing that Banana Fish has done thus far. It has consistently betrayed homosexual relationships in a very negative light, deliberately. And I have to say, like, you know, actually something I should point out right now is that if I didn't have prior knowledge about the fact that this was, like, you know, a boy-on-boy -boy romance kind of thing going on here, uh, I would actually kind of probably be quite angry with Banana Fish right now. Mm. Because all of the homosexual content in it, like, all of the characters, like, you know, the power plays and, the, you know, using it to force yourself on someone else, you know, to dominate them, to control them. And then also, you know, the way that Ash's father reacts in this. Um, and then also with eBay, which I'll get to know, but, like, all of it seems very, very negative. Yeah. Well, and I think it's good to draw a distinction between, like, the sexual uh, gay relationships and gay love. Because I don't think the show has had anything bad to say about, you know, love between boys. Like, that no, kind exactly. of platonic exactly. love and connection. It's just been, uh, like, the sex stuff. Like, the people that engage in that. Are like all out to get you, all out to hurt you and abuse you and use you up. You. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not taking the show to test this because I'm aware of it. No, yeah, like, what for sure. About. But to me, like, let me pose a theory to you. Maybe, maybe eBay is not so more worried about you know, Ag's like personal safety, but the fact that Ash will take him away, hmm. take him away from him. Maybe you know this kid saved his career. And now he's sticking around with him. So maybe, you know, he's thinking to himself, like, you know, I'm attached to him now. I can't, you know, lay him out of my sight. But here's this kid who has come in. And, like, I think that they're aware without being honest about it, like, you know, that there is something falling between those two. Mm -hmm. I think that, I think that although, you know, bear in mind this was, you know, an 80s uh, product and it's very reflective of its size, particularly in the way that Jim reacts as well. Mm -hmm. And also with the events that will follow and what we learn with uh, Ash uh, and his childhood. Mm -hmm. Um I think that it's not unreasonable to say that I think that AB is either at best possibly, you know, very very, like, you know, unconsciously homophobic. Uh, sorry, at worst I meant to say with that. Mm -hmm. Or at best he's just concerned with um, <clears throat> he's just concerned that AG is going to be taken away from him, you know, like because, again, like, the way he frames it, it's not about personal safety. It's not about, you know, he could immediately be killed you know it's more like you know oh you're just very different people like he could have been having that conversation with any other couple that he might have met he mm -hmm. might be forming a relationship who he didn't feel was right it's not about the more immediate and more pressing context of holy shit the fucking mafia are gonna come and put a fucking cap in us so there's that i know so, yeah i think i think i think the way this is coached is not about yeah. you know anything other than a very personal and possibly even selfish desire to keep AG around mm. for his own benefit, even if it's unconscious, even without realizing. Yeah, like, 
But I do think it's probably mixed with like not wanting him to die, you know, but like unselfishly so, thinking that will be like bad. <laughs> like I don't want to make him out as like a totally like I don't think he's a, oh, like no. a bad actor or entirely selfish actor. Yeah. I think I think that for eBay, he's probably acting on unconscious biases without even realizing it. Mm-hmm. Or realizations that he kind of will. I mean, after all, at the end, Max says, you know what I need. If eBay actually understood, like, you know, the entirety of his own inner thought processes, mm-hmm. then he wouldn't need to be having this conversation. He's like, what are you talking about? What do you mean by that? Mm. And so I think that Max's, like, you know, realization and him saying, you know what I mean, is him pointing out, oh, you'll come to learn on, in time that, you know, maybe you don't have the best of intentions here. Right. Possibly. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But I think there's probably a lot more to this than just simply, you know, him being... I mean, one of the things, like, you know, about plot holes is that, you know, like I've said before, like, you know, these characters should have bailed out long ago. Like, it really should just be Shorter and Ash and possibly Max at Push. Maybe. But why are they still here then? Like, people make stupid decisions, but they probably make them for very, to them at least, logical reasons. Mm-hmm. And I at least trust this show and this material enough to believe that that's the case, as opposed to the other fact that they're fucking imbeciles and they don't know what they're getting into. So, hey, but that's my feeling on it anyway. It'll be interesting to see how that uh, how that unfolds. For but, sure. So, before uh, Kay asked their uh, his insightful question, um, cheers, back, Kay. So we were talking about yes, Jim reveals uh some more of young Aji's history his backstory and tells about the time that a very do you mean, do you mean ash did i not say that did i say Aji? i'm a- sorry backstory. whoops <laughs> reveals ash's backstory uh seeing as how he didn't know Aji, but it was the father of ash um and so Here's what happened. A charismatic man who everyone in that small town loved moved to the town and became became uh, the baseball coach mm-hmm. for youth baseball. And... Why do we get the feeling that the term baseball coach could be replaced with practically anything? Yeah. I mean, this is such this whole story is such broad strokes. Like you, there are probably so many real life events that you know of with people who've been named like, mm-hmm. in the news that overlap with this perfectly. Yeah. It still happens even now, despite the fact this was written in the fucking 80s. Although what's interesting is, of course, that this was a very 80s reaction to it. Yeah, oh, sweet God. As well, as, I know. Yeah. Uh, so, like, this guy uh, who garnered the favor of the entire town uh, turns out uh, sexually assaulted, abused, most likely raped. It's not stated outright, but it's pretty daggum heavily implied. Uh, Ash one day after practice and the father Jim could tell as soon as Ash got home this is what happened Mm -hmm. they went to the police police didn't believe him Uh, police liked the guy so how could it be him do you have any proof no well all we have is a he said he said so fucking kick rocks I guess uh, and after that, uh, what can only be described as one of the worst parenting moves in anime history, 
Jim Links. <laughs> That's probably not his real last name. Jim Links. Is the name? I'm the own the Green Hills Tavern. Um, Jim. Sorry, I'm just avoiding talking about this horrible decision. Yeah. Uh, says, look, son. Uh, you know, this this is gonna happen again. These people are gonna do this to you. Uh, and the cops are gonna react this way. There's nothing we can do about it. So you might as well uh get paid for it. And Great. Let them have I'll their way brilliant. with you. And boy, that. Whew. And now the his mother's not around at this point because so Griff and he it turns out have different moms, same dad. Uh-huh. Griff's uh, bros. Griff's mom got kicked out of the house by Ash's mom, and after Ash was born, his mother uh, ran off with another guy, so she was not around for this. Um, so at this point, I I don't know if he's moved in with Jennifer, Jim, uh, mm-hmm. or not, but uh, clearly he's got the bulk of responsibility in raising his son, both sons, and uh, I mean, I, I like there's whatever the circumstances. I feel like that that's just an inexcusable way to act. Uh, I'll say it up front. If I were if I were Jim, rather than saying that, you know, I'd have done because it's America. I got me fucking gun. I'd gone round and shot the guy. Simple as that. Well, I'd done it and I fucking smiled about it. And you know that is exactly what Ash did at a later time. Who knows how long it went on for. At but, least a year, because I think they mentioned that's right. Ash was eight. yes, it was yes, because they mentioned Ash was seven when it started, and then eight when it concluded. However many months that is, it's a, it's at most twelve. You know, you can it went on long, like yeah, forth, but yeah. long enough to you know cause that it, long enough for him to let his guard down, because it does mention that the guy had let his guard down around Ash, and of course, you know, Ash like understandably is incredibly traumatized, doesn't understand anything like his own feelings probably or what's right or wrong and just has this burning hatred for this guy, I'm sure, and and kills him, shoots him. And turns out that this guy was uh they they called it the like the Bluebeard of Cape Cod case because in this yeah. house he had all yeah, the says- like even though yeah. he just moved there, did he carry the shit with him? I don't know, but like, he had like kids' bones in his basement and shit. Uh, but not this guy. Know. He's a nice guy. We won't even do an investigation because we fucking suck at our jobs. Can um, I just can I just intervene and say like in the past week, um, I don't unfortunately know the name of the school off to hand, but in the United Kingdom. Uh, there was a recent conclusion of an inquiry into child abuse happening at this very prestigious private school that was also co-run by a monastery of monks. So, okay, again, like, Banana Fish originated as as material, as manga from the 80s. Like, that abuse, like, you know, it's not a work of fiction, like, in, you know, there are plenty of examples of it that people have done, like, both individuals and institutions. And there are examples of where, you know, people have not been believed, where they've spoken to the police and like, oh, well, fuck you. I mean, Jesus Christ. 
Where's the DNA sample? <laughs> well, you might. Do you want to check in his house? I don't know. Nope. Uh, yeah. Nah, he's a little league runner, and he's making that sound look good, son. That's right. Like, don't don't you know how our little league team's doing? He waves at me across the street, so he's innocent. I'm willing to bet you, if we ever saw an actual picture of that guy, he'd probably look like Kamashita from Persona Five. Don't we see like well, a profile shot of him, and he looks like a founding father? <laughs> oh God, either that or he looks like one of the fucking guys from King of the Hill. What was the name of that guy with the white shirt who had no hair? <laughs> right. He looks a lot like him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh boy, but uh, but let me right. show you some propane products because fuck you, I'm gonna say. <laughs> oh fuck that guy. Like, so at a time after that I, I don't remember how long after that happens but ash runs away from home and, and goes to new york came. and within a couple of years he's uh you know snatched away by dino and then we know the rest largely although i who I'm knows so we sure. may find out much more i'm uh, gonna save that for my and i laugh time. because uh i lay the laugh or cry um I'm, I'm going to save the... Because there's something that I do want to discuss about this whole backstory here. Um, and I'm very sorry to say, folks, but there are actually two things that I want to take this episode to task for. Like, I've been very, you know, happy with Banana Fish thus far, mm-hmm. and I'm still, I still think this episode is really good. Mm-hmm. There are two things in this particular episode that I think it needs taking to task for, hmm. um, which I'll get to later, because, like, you know, I didn't like these things but i'm also interested in hearing your opinions both doc and you know, people in the audience on this you know because it's not something that's immediately you know obje- well i say objectively close unquote like it's not mechanically wrong it's not fault necessarily you know writing or anything like that. Mm-hmm. but i'm just uh, i'll it just didn't it sit well with you it just didn't sit well with well you. we'll i'll save it when i get to talking okay place. i'll leave it there so um so Asia... And there goes the audience, anyway. <laughs> oh, really? Like, he said something bad about... He said something about... No, I, I, I'm not watching the numbers. But I'm just seeing you like, oh, he said something bad about banana oh, fish. I'm out. Fuck this, and I'm out of here. Saw to you. Um, no, I don't. No, no, I... <laughs> no look. Uh, even... Uh, so Eiji uh, says, like, he's kind of sort of admires Ash's kind of wild, uh, rebellious spirit his strength really and his fortitude that even after all this i think the direct quote is he still isn't broken mm-hmm. uh and that's a good point um, i'm not so sure about that i mean i know like okay so i know that like he unquestionably there's inner demons in ash and there's a lot of unresolved bullshit yeah and stuff that he's got to work through, complexes he's developed. I wouldn't necessarily say that he's, like, uh, when compared to normal people, like, well-adjusted and such. But, but boy, I mean, he, I mean, like, he's alive. He hasn't taken his own life. He hasn't, like, descended into like a drug addicted like puddle of goo like he appears to uh want to still grab a hold of life and and wring it out for something 
And I think that that is like, you know, I guess you can debate whether or not he's like broken and there are times certainly he shows a lot of sadness and, and deep sadness. Uh, but God, he's, he's very strong. He's a, has a lot of inner strength that he's able yeah. to, um, to forge ahead. Really? I suppose the thing that I'll say is that you could technically call a clock broken if you smash the face in, but it will still tell the time. So for me, you can be broken, but you can still function. But functioning is insufficient to living a healthy life. Anyone can function. Anyone can survive. Anyone can exist. But it's these not, not the thing is living. But not every any one person maybe, but not everyone can. Especially, I mean, look at. I think we're sort of underselling the amount of of stuff from the age of seven to seventeen. This is that's probably bordering on my target point here. Top on, on, piled on top of each other. And that, yeah. like, it, you know, like, I mean, it's fucked him up. But again, the fact that he's not, like, you know, in the basement, like, shoving needles into his arm, and that's his life, like, I mean, that's that's huge for me. That he's, mm-hmm. like, not, not, again, not that... I don't want to make it seem like he's overcome all of this stuff because clearly he has a lot to deal with, but like he's, he's at least leading a life that is like approximate to, I don't know. I I, I don't want to use the word admirable, but like, how do I put this? Um, I don't know. It just, I I can't, I guess right now, I I don't have the words to say anything other than... A life of resilience, perhaps? Yeah, I mean, the fact, again, the fact that he's not given up. The fact that he's not entirely defeated. The fact that he's not said, well, uh, life's credits and debits don't add up for me. Too much suffering. See ya. I'm out. Uh, He's got the strength to keep on living and keep working towards something. I mean, I think that that is, like, um, worthy of praise. Now, this is not saying, like, that he's necessarily a quote-unquote good person or that he is perfect or or even virtuous a lot of the time, but, but man, he's he's so strong, you know? Chaotic good. Let's get into D&D. He's chaotic good. Yes. Yes. Or maybe chaotic neutral, if you want to call it that. Ah, man. Yeah. Um, anyway, but even so, this is so. Uh, Blue Sea says that he uses hatred to keep living, uh, and I think that that's probably pretty accurate. But sometimes a lot of people can't even aren't even strong enough to grab hold of that hatred and use it to pull him out of the abyss. Sometimes mm-hmm. they just let go and sink in, um, and it does take a certain amount of something to even live for that. And for for that kind of person who's been through everything he's been through, I think. It speaks to that part of his character. Um, so, uh, after that, uh, the gang returns. Uh, we haven't seen these guys before, but clearly from the moment they step into the Green Hill Zone, you can tell that they are gangsters. They are not I was going to say, like, they're the most gangster-looking gangsters <laughs> ever. Like, I mean, 
The only the only alternative explanation I would have bought for them being there was they were just getting off the set of a Martin Scorsese film. Mm-hmm. Like the fuck. <laughs> All right, we're from Chemical Plant Zone. Sup? <laughs> no, I'm just the moment you said Chemical Plant, the theme just got into my head. I know it's a, it's a it's an earworm. Um, so those guys um take uh hostage uh Jimmy and Jennifer. J and J. And they take them hostage. And what happens next? You'll find out after the break. And we're back. Sorry about that. Short break. Inside of my fault, I was in dire need of having a bio break. <laughs> and so I thought to myself, it might have been funny, you know, to let it just progress and then, you know, have my face gradually noss up more and more like a scrunching piece of A4 paper. But, well, I do want to talk about stuff as well, so I figured I'd take a, a moment. I gave Doc the secret signal, you know, which was, uh, you know, shoot up a flare gun. But anyway, I didn't really. All know. good. All good, man. No, no worries. Um, that was short, uh, but now we're going to get right back on the horse. Uh, and 
So uh, hostages, right, um, in mm-hmm. the Green Hill Zone, and uh, Ash forced to give up his gun, much to the surprise of his father. Um, man, whores don't give up their guns. Um, so yeah, walks in, but luckily, uh, you know, his uh, buddies have a plan, and Max Shorter and Co drive their uh immigrant smuggling truck into uh the green hill zone and allow uh ash to use his kung fu right and uh Mm -hmm. de-gun one of the criminals and knock him out briefly but the other one still has a gun and he proceeds to uh shoot jenny twice um Mm -hmm. and then shoot jim in the shoulder uh ash uh dispenses with him but thug number one has gotten up and is approaching ash stealthily when with a knife when uh shorter comes up from behind for the glory kill and uh just takes that guy out uh slit of the throat second second mouth yes um and oh boy um so question for you guys in chat and you also Shadon. Um I mean I think this these it well Jim is alive but this death of Jenny uh Jennifer like hit hit me I think and you uh a bit. You know it was impactful it was a little bit of a oof. Um how in your mind is this different from Dr. Werner Franks' girlfriend who shows up and dies the same episode uh, for the for the plot's sake, you know, to give us the old heartstring yank uh, and whatnot? All right. Okay. This whole thing was actually going to be one of my talking points, but I'll put my cards on the table right now. I have two readings of this. One, I could take it to mean, like, I think Jim actually says later that all the good ones die first. Shot and, at shot at Ash right there, by yeah. the way. I mean, Shots. how many times has that happened right now? I mean, he did tell, Ash did tell Jim that Griff was dead, for example. Mm-hmm. So part of me thinks that maybe this will be a longer narrative game, which is to say that, you know, you know, even as all the good things die in your life, you have to, you know, be resilient. You have to be, you know brave you have to stick up for the fact you know there is still gonna be good things out there you can't give in you can't like you know define you and then unfortunately i have the second reading which is that i'm again slightly concerned about banana fish's willingness just execute random characters you know for pathos Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna lie here like you know this was one of the two things that i kind of felt a bit iffy on this episode about because we don't know shit all about jennifer other than she like you know she looks after them great that's cool Mm -hmm. And then she dies, and oh god, the good lady who didn't do anything wrong dies. Isn't that tragic? If I don't know how to read it, I think I'm gonna have to again let the show play out for me to see how that goes. Like, you know, is Ash gonna have a moment like where he thinks like about all the people who have passed away, you know, on this little crusade of his and what it's cost, you know, and then reflects on it, mm-hmm. you know, and then make make that about you know his um. Blah, blah, blah about his moral sense, you know, like, does it, does this poison him? Does it change it for the best? Does it change it for the worse? 
Um, to answer your question more specifically about the whole thing with Frank's girlfriend, Karina, by the um, first off, that completely did not affect the main characters in any way, shape, or form. It was an isolated event that meant Jack Diddley fucking squats to everyone, including Frank's himself. The characters who we've seen die so far, uh, prior to Jenny, because this is just literally the episode in which it happened, so we can't mm-hmm. you know measure the impacts of that yet, have meant something like Ash, you know, mourned for Skip's death, and then Griff's death he mourned as well. They have impacts that changed him. As opposed to Frank, so you know, he might as well just hit a pothole on the fucking drive to work. Marvin? Marvin's death? (laughs) For all the fuck that matter. But I am still a bit concerned about, you know, the fact that, okay, I get it. You know, people can and will die here. Game of Thrones, yada, 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 Red Wedding, blah, 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 blah. I get that. But death shouldn't be cheap. It needs to be earned. And it also shouldn't really happen to token characters, if at all possible, just to make a point. We'll see. I'm going to put that one in the air right now. I'm not going to hold it against the show as a whole just yet. Because mm-hmm. um, I want to see how things progress and what it makes. I want to see if it gives this, you know, the gravitas it deserves. You know, I'm not saying, you know, that everyone should live or that there should be, you know, no death or violence in this at all. I think the violence I'm, uh, is a very I'm anti-death. Point. No death. Zero tolerance no for death. No. Well, I'm the man who also wrote a novel in which, you know, I killed off my entire protagonist's family for no fucking good reason. So you'll excuse me if I feel a little hypocritical on that. Yeah, yeah, I see you raise that. I see you raise that fucking eye. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm just going to I'm gonna keep that in the air right now. Um, we'll find out. Could be trying to, like, burn all the bridges back to home. You know, I mean, Jenny could be a possible one. His dad who we think is going to live, but, like, they they don't really have a great connection. In, in spite of the moment that they kind of have here at the end, um, maybe that's it. But, um, mm-hmm. but Kay says that it didn't feel like it was for shock value, uh, even if, you know, it was just in the same episode in which she was introduced. Um, that well, no, it because we've already had it established in yeah, very mortal. In, I mean, like, you know, mm-hmm. everyone's mortal in fiction. Of course they are. But I mean, like, the sense of mortality that the audience feels like, that's already there. And I should have really marked her the moment I saw her. Like, you know, it's like, oh, God, she ain't making it out of this one alive, is she? But that's, of course, not what happened. So, I don't know. I'm going to hold... I'm going to hold fire on this and see, like, it's, it's more of a wider context thing, but I think that Mira, though, said, like, no, honestly, I've fallen much about death because she's not an important character. Maybe that's the point. But in that case, you know, if you're not meant to think or feel anything about the death, why is it there? Yeah, you don't want to cheapen it, as you say. You don't want to cheapen the, the character death notion. Or the concept of it. Mm-hmm. You get kind of numb to it. Yeah. Oh, what? Well, yeah, you know, if Shorter dies later, I mean, like, if he, like, dies two episodes from now, I'll be, I'll be damn surprised, but, like, like oh, all right. Well, maybe you will, you hard-hearted fiend. No matter what, I will cry for Shorter. I will mourn him. Well, you say hard-hide, but you're making a (laughs) crucial critical error there, Doctor. That's right. uh, Begin with. I mean, there's a cavity in here, you know, where I keep, you know, spare change, like you know, for going through toll booths and stuff like that. (laughs) Is that where you keep your valuable video game cartridges as well? Well. Chrono Trigger, you, Mint Condition. Well, well, considering in a Emu Paradise has recently gone down, and yeah, definitely keep that e- close to hand. Has Emu Paradise gone down? Yeah, Nintendo are taking it down because Nintendo are idiots. Wow. 
Yeah. Well, they want to sell fucking. Games. We could be yeah. We could be selling these games legally for people to play, and make money off of it. But we're not going to do that. And instead, we're going to actually curtail an active library of ROMs. You know, that help preserve video game history because there's no other legal outlet for people to get these because we're fucking idiots. Even ones that weren't right. released in your territory, like Terradigma. Nope. Terror tangent aside. Don't play that anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. Great. Slayers. Magic Knight Ray Earth, SNES games. Nope. Gundam, Yu Yu Hakusho. We know there's a market for these games, but guess what? They weren't released in your territory. They're only Super Famicom, so screwed. Uh, that's sad. Um, Alright, so to finish this up, uh, you talked about all the good ones die first. I have that written down. Um, so uh, Jim will take sort of the quote-unquote the heat for this i guess like he's said look give me your weapon uh i will say that i shot the guy put the knife in jenny's hand um then uh (laughs) sorry chat's making me laugh uh (laughs) then he says look son uh you're fighting against the mafia, huh? That's pretty cool. Kind of proud of you. Uh, are they the ones that kill Griff? Yes. I get it. You have my blessing. Thanks, Dad. Um, Go fuck shit up, son. <laughs> that's right. Go fill them full of holes, you little man whore. I love you. Um, and then, after the blessing, they escape. Uh, and then during the credits, we have quite the interesting scene i think between uh dino and mr lee now oh, that guy again who knows how much uh truth dino is telling here but he says uh do you know what's going on mr lee's like you mean with a banana fish <laughs> <laughs> he's like oh you know about banana fish well uh it's a poison well, I let developed... me tell you about banana fish. Let me throw the book at you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a poison I developed for assassinations. Whoa, didn't see that one coming, says Mr. Lee. He's lying, I'm pretty sure. Um, he's like, look, you shouldn't. your drug business is not threatened by banana fish. I just want to get it back. I just want Ash back. Help me out here. Mr. Lee, believing his business is not under threat much more keen to do business says all right what you got uh here's what i got part of the european heroin market it's yours help me out yeah cool i, I, I like how he did specify that so like he could literally give him Liechtenstein. yes yes the tiniest fucking dumb country ever i know like, here you go. have so good do your heroin <laughs> dealing you know you can put it in all the false teeth they make there enjoy the the lich uh and lee says well uh if you want this guy back uh i'll put my best la guy on it you uh i don't how do you pronounce it it's like you lung but there's a t at the end of like so it looks like ute but i think it's just you like you lung um and i think it means like what does it mean like dragon moon or something like that because he's that's he, right he rules the dark moon dragon yeah. um yeah. which is fucking cool <laughs> because he rules the dark i like that and uh so the final scenes in the episode are them thinking that they're lost, the the, the good guys, the merry band of uh, 
eBay, Shorter, Max, AG, Ash, get out and ask uh, a homeless man. Um, they travel by map. I love it. <laughs> I always love it when 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 anything anything has like traveling by map in it. It's fucking great. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where they're showing like uh, the like transparency in the background of the map and the dotted line moving across it. That's what I wanted to happen. But they're like, "Wow, I thought LA was supposed to be here. Did we take a wrong turn?" Hey, it's literally just behind the Hobo. trees. Where are we? You idiots! This is Los Angeles. Part through the ferns, skyline, massive city, LA. Uh, they're here. Also shorter, uh, going with the full Bret Hart style jacket, both sh- shoulders exposed, walking around mm-hmm. like the hitman in sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Fucking you know, this is badass. this is the first quarter of uh, Banana Fish now done, and you know I really wish they had done just for just because they could have done it. You like mean. on the closing on the closing moments of them looking over the LA sky, I really wanted like a really retro wave song to start playing, like something like I don't know. Something from the new retro wave channel. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Like, if it just faded out on that, is it like the sun, like some sweet, like with... synth, like some John Carpenter yeah. music? <laughs> that would have been amazing for that, like the first quarter of the show to close out on. <laughs> that would be oh, some sort of lazy sweet. ride or something like that. Yes. <laughs> like yes. That would be oh, rad. But that's the episode. That's the episode. My lost city. Woo! All right. Woofed. Let's Woofed. get right into talking points. the talking points. Mm-hmm. You want to go first or shall I knock? Uh, well, so it, I think I've used up most of my bullets while we were talking uh, about whoa, the whoa, episode. Whoa, whoa. Be, we whoa, went whoa, to whoa. the... You'd be going gangland. You'd be going yeah. gangland, mate. Yep. We, we well, went... That's how you do discourse. You don't do gangland, dis... you know, gangland style discourse here. Well... So we we slipped back into our old stream of thought patterns where we we went on some digressions. Uh, the I think the things I were probably I can't use the English language. The things I was going to talk about were, you know, eBay and his internal conflict, how he's feeling, um, mm-hmm. if, if we truly know what's going on. Um, the relationship between Ash and his dad, uh, maybe uh, the horrific awfulness of what Ash has gone through and the veracity of the comment, he's not broken, isn't that amazing? Um, mm-hmm. And then sort of the, also the differences in how Ash and Eiji look at the same kind of expanse of land uh, and how I found that interesting. You know, we talked about it earlier, mm-hmm. one sees so much beauty and the other uh see has had to sort of like amputate and carterize that part of his heart and this feels nothing mm-hmm. um um much I... probably like their view to like relationships or something mm-hmm. like that so yeah but yeah i think we we hit most of mine but um so why don't you I, uh take it away I have a okay so to me, it's going to be more observations than talking points, but I just want to talk about um, AG briefly with a side bit, so I'll talk about him and Ash. So, 
one of the things I really appreciate about the show, but maybe it's also doing it a bit too much, perhaps, is that it's not flat out getting the characters to tell us that AG is, you know, out of his depth and shouldn't be here, but rather it is showing us it. So there are a couple of examples in this episode. Do you remember the rap? Uh, yep. Right. Bit of levity, you know, it's funny, you know, mm -hmm. rat, rat, mouse, you know, rodent creature, whatever, jumps out of, you know, the drawer, and AG's just like, ah, I don't know, fucking mouse, Jesus yes. fuck, like, like that. Mm -hmm. Now that, funny on, on surface level, like, it functions as a bit of comedy, but also it's part of the wider underlying message that the episode propels us with a couple of moments, such as this, that he's still so completely out of his depth, and he's not ready to be dealing with any of this, not even the slightest. Like, yeah. the rat is just a rat. So fucking what? Kick it. Fucking punch it in midair. I don't care. Like, you know. But he's terrified of it. If he can't even handle that, how can he handle the fucking mobsters that he's dealing with? Um, so it's that. Second point. Recall the fight scene. Chaucer fucking slits his throat. Slits the gut mob's throat. And Aishi's response is... <laughs> yes. Yeah. Shorter's like, don't don't look. You won't be able yeah. to handle this. Yeah. Again, more hints here. Because you might... The, the conversation that uh, eBay and Max had, again, like I mentioned before, it was framed more in the context of, you know, like, you know, you're not laying in B's own purse. It's actually, it was never about, you know, he's not ready or he's not capable of dealing with this particular context. It's more interpersonal stuff that is relevant here. And it could have been so very easy for, you know, the writer of the manga or the people who wrote this episode to simply put in, you know, Max saying, you really should put him back on a plane. He can't handle this, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. The only the only violence he's ever seen was in John Woo movies that he saw on fucking VHS. He doesn't know how any of this actually works, or what it means like to really hurt people. Now, we have already had hints of that previously, you know, the fact he didn't kill the guy in the previous episode, so maybe the show is perhaps laying this on a bit too thick, even if it is like, you know, underscored. Um, Kay is also rightly pointed out, you know, about when he yells Ash's name as well. Um, yeah, like, that's actually a good point. Like, you know, Shorter immediately recognized when he sees Ash, like, you know, doing the Metal Gear Solid thing of hiding, like, you know, outside and looking through the window. And AJ's <laughs> like, <laughs> Bunny! <laughs> I... <laughs> I brought some ice cream! It's your favorite! Dear, dear fucking Blast. Guy, honestly. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, Jesus Christ. So, I appreciate the show doing that. I maybe it's laying on a bit specific. If it dials it down from here on out, because it's made the point now, and now it has to do something with him not being ready. That's the thing. So it's made it now. It's established it, and again, I have faith in the material. Like we're only a quarter of the way through here, and the thing about doing these stream reports is, like with Frank's, like you know, we had opinions at the time where we felt like it go in a certain direction. But I actually have faith in this show, you know, to deliver on what it says it can do or what it, you know, it promises. As opposed to Frank's, where the only thing where he couldn't even fucking deliver a pizza to my front door, never mind anything else. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ! I won't trust. I won't trust Ishigori to fucking work for Domino's. Yeah, I went there. Um, Sometimes it couldn't so, even deliver an episode title. It's multiple right. episodes called "Darling in the Franks." Right. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, let's not retread old ground too much. So, the next point I want to discuss uh, briefly is. Ash's father, Jim, and his uh, his comments to Ash at the start where he calls well, him a man Well, can I, piece. um... Sorry, go on. Based on, so, to just address what you just said, how uh, allowant, that's not a word, 
how much how much are you willing to allow kind of a growth period with Aju? like where you know because he can't obviously go from like completely naive to you know hardened sharpshooter like there has to be an organic um oh there will process you know what i mean like so yeah he'll still kind of be a little naive or or a lot naive no it's like i said in the very first episode you know i'm not expecting him to go all the way to being a hardened hitman you know to turn into you know phantom there's another reference that fucking tortured fucking press on the show but what I am saying is that, the like the time, the time, the time for that organic growth to begin is now. We've had enough establishing points made in the show's run thus far to say that he isn't ready and he's out of his depth. Uh, yeah, there were moments in which he did prove himself, such as the pole vault. That's there's that. But what I'm saying is now's the time for him to start growing, but also for him to start questioning it. I'm not saying that he has to, you know, say I'm getting out of this, I'm bailing out. But just a moment here or there, like you know, where he goes fuck am i doing right why am i doing this yeah like that's why i want to start seeing um so Real, realizing the shit that he's in <laughs> yeah taking okay. a step back rather than being caught in what essentially him might as well feel like a theme park ride. i mean that's mm -hmm. why after all we see the scene at the very end of him throw because it's a very it's probably one of the realizing moments that he's had so far it's like i mean mm -hmm. how how much more of a reaction can you get the one that's physiological in nature where it yeah. makes you do something it makes you a wretch so okay let's talk about Jin now I'm going to be very very honest here and I'm going to say that this is probably me very very ignorant of me not paying much attention to what was going on or not understanding it but was it just me or did it not feel very bizarre that the backstory we got doesn't really tally up with how he treats Ash in the present like okay my son was abused by the baseball player and I took him to the cops and yes, I gave him some terrible fucking advice, and he ran away, and I've never seen him since, really, apart from once or twice. But now I'm claiming he's a man whore, and that, you know, like, I'm gonna blame him for the advice that I gave him? Like, is it is it a defense mechanism? Because he wants to push him away because he knows he's been a terrible father? I found this really confusing, because I couldn't find the link. And maybe it's not even a logical one. Maybe there is no logic behind it. Maybe he's just like, you know, I fucks up so bad that I just go, I'm gonna push him away by being awful to him. I mean, clearly they have met since, you know, Ash ran away. That must have happened at some point. Really? But, He's um, very surprised to see him, do you think? I will. I think that, you know, he... Because the thing is, like, Ash as he looks now, like, is no, nothing like he looks when he was a kid. So they must have at least caught up at some point so we had some idea But he's he still was. so beautiful. It has to be. So, so, I don't know. I found it... I was a bit perplexed by that reaction that Jim had. Like, I thought that it would come more to the fact that maybe Ash's first, like, experience, you know, was something like two boys, like, you know, when they're really young, not knowing mm -hmm. anything about it. And because, you know, he's, you know, Boston County country and, or even any, like, and in the 80s, you know, from the source material, he's like, Jesus fucking Christ, what the hell are you doing? The, the fuck? You fucking dirty animal. Something like that. Yeah. But that's not what it was like if anything he was very supportive of him as a kid like saying i'll say please i believe you as opposed to you know backhanding him for you know talking against the guy i mean but i, I don't know yeah. it, it, i i don't i don't quite get it well, i don't think the perhaps was properly established perhaps it's like more kind of fleshed out in the manga like there, there's more stuff mm. but like here's here's kind of how i um 
it it, it wasn't un, all that unexpected to me um and and i was able to link it i think you know i think that there is hatred and self-hatred that are wound up together in how he feels about ash because when when the cops didn't believe him and you know the dad realized or i mean it, it's not even a realization that like reflects reality but he deduces that okay this is going to just happen now you have to become a man whore you know you have to like get paid for this so you can derive some benefit from it hmm. I, I think all the like i mean i think he blames ash for being who he is for being born beautiful being because in in the society in which they were the way that the system and structure was there's no recourse if that's going to happen to a kid it's just going to happen and the reason it's going to happen is that the kid's born looking a certain way so in a very sort of twisted way he probably feels like why did you do this to me like why couldn't you just look like me or why couldn't you look different like why do you have to be the one to bring this shit into my life and make me feel this way fuck you mm -hmm. but also he probably you know as it's shown at the end like he care i mean he's his kid deep down underneath all that he loves him there's still a part of him that cares about him and and he and, you know there's got to be a lot of self-hatred there i mean he ran away from home and, and left him but like i mean he has to know that what he did to him and what he advised him to do was terrible yeah exactly um well so for me yeah, yeah. i i i think i understand where you're coming from with all that and i think that that's reasonable inferences but maybe it's just me maybe i felt like that probably should have been developed more um in the show at least i mean i can't speak for what isn't like in the manga i don't think there's something that impactful that's like one of the foundational elements of ash's life like you know should have been in some parts it almost felt like it was glossy over like they have their heart to heart you know after he's been shot and then he's just like go and that's it i don't know like so koryalski koryalski green puts it this way he says that there's an implication that he feels guilt for everything with regard to his son mm -hmm. but he doesn't really have the emotional wherewithal to process it and so he just externalizes it as hatred for the thing that brought all this guilt and shit into his life the son himself the problem is, is that we don't really see him even vocalize it or, or think it. Like, when he gives his backstory, like, you know, of what happened to Ash, like, and then the consequences of Ash running away, we don't then get to hear from him what he, what that meant for him, what that cost him. You know, was he suddenly, you know, say, to, to spitball an idea, put out of his job because he accused the baseball coach? I mean, I made the Kamashida comparison before, um, and the thing is, at least in Persona 5, in, in Kamashida's case, people had suffered consequences for, you know, going against him and trying to tell on, you know, him for his behavior. That was clear. 
But what ultimately the consequences were for uh, Jim in the end, for the way that he acted, are not made clear to the audience. I mean, I'm not saying that he necessarily even has to say that to Ash or any other characters, but it's something that I feel we should have been let into, like, to fully understand this. I mean, okay, maybe he will come back later and we'll get more of this. I am, again, putting this up in the air and not necessarily holding against the show as a whole. But I do feel that in some parts, a lot of this was quite glossed over. Hmm. too much for my taste. Hmm. Um, I think that drama like this deserves a deeper uh, look into it. And I'm not even necessarily saying that, like, you know, what Jim says would have to be necessarily true. Right. Like, this is a thing that I've said before about Franks, for example. Like, I don't necessarily need to hear what the truth is that the characters admit objectively what is wrong with them, but if they can at least offer an explanation. And we don't really get that. He just says, you're a fucking man whore. Like, you, did you pay all these guys with you? Are they your, your troopies here? Whatever, you know? The pimpering going, whatever. And then next thing you know, oh yeah, by the way, my son was abused. I totally had his back. Nothing came of it. And I gave Can you him believe the advice. cops, by the way, we didn't mention this, accused a seven-year-old of seducing the baseball coach? If it did well, happen, then I bet your son seduced him. Who are having, these people? Having, 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 <laughs> having grown up in a country that's seen scandals like Jimmy Savile. I don't know what that is. Alright, little bit of history here for the United Kingdom. Jimmy Savile was an entertainer uh, on BBC uh, doing um, shows throughout the 70s, I believe, in the 80s. Um, my timeline here is very rough on this, I must say, so I apologize if I'm embellishing it for people who know better than I. But here's the thing. Uh, turns out that Jimmy, who was, like, you know, again, very prominent face of the BBC, he did, you know, fundraisers for children and all that, he was abusing kids. Mm-hmm. Kids that he met part of the show. That did not get ousted until after he died uh, earlier this century, I think in the late noughts. And he died, like, you know, in 2002 or something like that. I can't remember the specific date. But the abuses that he inflicted on others went back, you know, to the 80s and 70s. There was not a culture back then, according to the inquiry that followed, in which they investigated his actions, in which the people who brought this abuse up were believed. You know, they... Hmm. The kids who were abused brought it up. And they didn't, and they didn't believe them. For much the same reasons they didn't believe the baseball guy, because popular individual based the BBC. Why would we believe it? We take any stock in this; it's going to damage our, you know, corporation's image. Funny how that swings around in the end, though. Won't you fucking believe when the dirty laundry finally does come out, dickheads? <sighs> so, the reason I believe that man, the reason, the reason I bring up that is because again, banana fish, like apart from you know the magical, like you know, fancy wonder drug they come up with. I could buy all this happening. Maybe not necessarily to the same person in such concentrated amounts. I think the fact that all of Ash's bad experiences that we've had so far have been contextualized around rates are solid. I'm possibly getting a bit too much, to be honest. Like, I get it. Like, but to, to go from having that baseball player guy, like, you know, to then running away and then being Dino, who does the exact same thing to him. Yeah, I get that there's a link behind that and there's a foundation stone there, but does it all have to be that? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just pitching thoughts here at the moment because I trust this material to handle it, you know, reasonably as time goes on. We are only a quarter of the way in after. But at the same time, like, you know, I can see a couple of warning signs that make me slightly concerned. Well, some people, but, like, I mean, not to get too dark or or excuse 
shows that don't handle this correctly but mm-hmm. i mean there are like human lives that that are this kind of constant refrain of the similar type of suffering like people caught in human trafficking i mean mm-hmm. their life is the show yeah you know one of a, a sex slave and a toy bought and sold and passed around and mm-hmm. that's it it just is a everything that's what it's tied to and that's that's it so but not i don't want to dwell on that too much but i guess like so yeah um i don't know if their original story like fleshes it out or not in the manga but um if this is a thing where adaptation comes into play like they do you know they have to gloss over things and have to cut stuff and i guess you know they make these choices like okay well if we uh gloss over this thing or kind of um uh leave the the, these kind of breadcrumbs that like or or explain something quickly this way the audience will quickly be able to deduce and put two and two together and say like okay like i have a clear idea of what happened we don't really need to dwell on it maybe they thought that was the case here like i know for me um i didn't have any kind of trouble my, my mind going from a to b um but i understand where you're coming from and i've i've been there before where i'm like uh why don't we explain why this person's feeling this way? And everyone else is like, what's well, obvious. I'm like, uh, not to be. <laughs> so, so I get it. I do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have, I don't have much to add that. Um, the one final brief talking point I'll bring up is again, just an observation on it, uh, building on existing relationships, which is specifically with uh, AG and Ash and the scene in which, you know, he tries to teach Ash how to shoot. So AG, how to shoot good. Now, you might recall previously that I said that, you know, the relationship that they would develop over time would initially be coached in the language that Ash knows, which is a language of violence. Mm-hmm. That's what we have right here. Like, that's how he connects with him. He can't talk to him like, I mean, in theory, the breadcrumb, the starting topic that he could have would be right there, which is the, you know, the pole vaulting. Right. Like, there's a lot of discussion about Aegis pole vaulting, but Ash is not one of the people who's privy to that, as it turns out. Maybe that'll be relevant later when they do talk about it. But if Ash was genuinely interested in that, he would, you know, go, hey, so tell me more about the pole boy. Which they're not. But that's fine. But when they do have, you tell know, that me kind more of about, moment, Tell me more about your pole. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. I shouldn't do that. I have an actual music cue for this situation. So, tell, tell me all about your pole. My, I'm sorry, I'm being pole, very juvenile. <laughs> my my pole is ten feet long and made of a durable aluminium alloy. It's you know got extremely high tensile strength. There we go. <laughs> anyway, um, so the point for me is like just as an observation of that is that again we're seeing the relationship develop. It's developing in terms that are not wholly natural, shall we say, like not ideal. Like, you know, we already know Ag's not ready for any of this. But Ash is completely ignoring that fact, saying, all right, here you go, I'll show you how to shoot a gun. Even though, you know, I would argue that's not something anyone, you know, should um, should be doing, you know, like teaching someone how to shoot a gun. Like, in an ideal world, you never have to know that. Well, so. well, I have taught my wife how to shoot a gun. <laughs> that's a re- I really did. Not a handgun, not anything of that sort of... Uh dangerous nature but um 
but my I can't remember if it's my stepfather or my brother owned a, a 22 rifle for their hunting stuff and I never liked hunting I never never killed anything um oh have you seen this in chat by the way uh, mirrors says like there's a cut uh, line for the gun scene which goes when Ash was saying their shoulder wound was just a scratch or you know uh-huh. as the English dub would have it it is just a flesh wound uh, <laughs> uh, AG's like just a scratch now I know why Japan lost the war <laughs> oh my god holy <laughs> shit baby Smooth. Holy shit. I, uh, man. Wow. He, well, probably, he, probably, he probably think the Enola Gay was a flavor of fucking ice cream. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He knows his history. Um, no. Uh, so, no, I, yeah. Uh, like I said, I've never actually, I don't like hunting. I've never killed anything, but, uh, but it was fun to shoot a gun at, like, old CDs and shit. <laughs> <laughs> or so milk that's jokes. why you hate. That's why you hate new metal so much. You actually <laughs> blew away your Papa Roach CDs. I'm onto you. I never owned a Papa Roach CD. Okay. Are you saying you didn't buy one as target practice? Nope. Nope. Now the uh, the Jay Z meets Lincoln Park best of whatever like that album. I did shoot full of holes. Yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no, that was fun. So. People could teach other people how to shoot guns, and this is coming from like I'm a big gun control advocate, but uh, but no, I'm basically just giving you shit. <laughs> like, I'm sure our relationship would have been quite fine if I never taught her how to shoot a gun. It was not like a, and then we knew we were meant to be together. <laughs> Sorry, I totally interrupted you. Please continue. No, that. That's really all I needed to say, actually, there about that. Just to point out that, again, developing relationship. <clears throat> the chicken Coach. scene? What know. is the chicken scene? I guess we'll find out. They showed it in the episode preview? For next week? Or maybe for... I don't know. Someone uh, explain us the chicken scene uh, no, no, while, no. We, while we talk. Actually, if it's going to be in the next episode, please please don't. Oh yeah, okay. So no, no, but yeah, I don't know if they mm-hmm. if it's been skipped over or if it's coming next. So yeah, we'll figure it out. No, there was there was no chicken scene in this one. Unfortunately, what, I'd remember that. Once we like fully determine that it's been passed over, please explain it. Uh, I'd love to know. I swear to God, if like, wait a minute, chicken, Arthur, fingers, finger licking good. Oh no, that's <laughs> awful. I was just trying to find. I was trying to find the word association like linked with that. Like, what the fuck has chicken got to do with anything in banana fish? Like, is that the you know is that the turf in the surf and turf? Box if I know. Ah, I see. I see. So it was in the manga, but it. Um... Hmm. No, it happens on the way to LA. Oh, did we miss that? We did. Oh shit! It didn't. We didn't we're, get to see. We're bad it. podcasters. Sorry. We didn't get to see that. No, no. I mean, it was. Uh, we we did the the it wasn't animated. So. Oh. It right. was cut. Cut from the final run. Ash and Shorter hunt for chickens since they're standing. They're starving. Oh, I <laughs> see. So it was animated, but cut content. Right. I see. I see. They steal chickens to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine like the Benny Hill theme playing while they scramble after a running chicken. <laughs> <laughs> That's genius. Oh 
That's genius. Sweet lord. Couldn't, like, why did they, like, they weren't being chased by anyone at that point. Couldn't they have just literally gone to a, a fucking Wawa's or something? I know. Why are they living off the land? <laughs> why? The point? Maybe they're broke? I, uh, pass. <laughs> I don't know. Truly, Ash can know. shoot a chicken at a distance as well. They don't have to, like, <laughs> run after it. Fucking hell. I mean, like, Max was a... Well, if it's based on the original material, he's a Vietnam War veteran. <laughs> I know. So he, he would be able to... He'd be saying all kinds of fucking traps. Yeah. I mean, if there's anything that, if there's anything that you know, non-factual movies have taught me is that Vietnam War veterans are the hardest motherfuckers ever. They will hunt and survive and just, you know, kill the fuck out of everyone. So, oh, dear. Oh well, oh well. All right. Well, any more talking points or? No, I'm good. Okay. All right. Well, I guess it's time to rate the episode. Let's go. Uh, shall da, I go da, first, da, or da, do you da, want to go first? Sorry. Um, you go first. All right. Did have some problems with this episode, uh, but the material is still pretty solid, and I'm of the opinion I think the problems of it are either adaptational. Or, you know, maybe they'll have more meaning later on. I mean, this is like, again, I'm not going to, you know, go all in on the show a quarter of the way in. I'm not that daft. Didn't do it with Franks, and I hated that piece of shit in the end, so you'll forgive me if I actually don't do it with something I genuinely like. Uh, but all that said, in the end, I'm going to give this episode 3.5 whiskey bottles used for target practice out of five. Okay. Uh, still really good, just with some flaws, and hopefully those flaws remain self-contained within this episode, are actually turned into strengths, because they are then reflected upon and revisited. I mean, mm -hmm. one thing I've just realized is that, you know, this road trip thing where they're going to LA, they are inevitably going to come back to New York, so maybe in, let's say, episode 20, Ash sees his father again. Could happen. They're going back in the same direction. It would make sense for them to stop by. Like, you well, know, well, never... well, if it isn't the man whore. Back in Cape Cod again. What you need this time, boy? So that could happen. Who knows? I mean, maybe that's the thing in the mind. I don't know. But we'll see how things go. I'm just... But still, material was really solid, as always. Mm -hmm. are, you about Sorry. To, are you about to... Are you about to yawn out the uh, the score? Was it like going to be a trick? Uh, <laughs> four stars four stars very good episode uh not not the um best uh only because uh there's been better material but it, it was quite good um i think we learned a whole bunch and got to see the characters in some different situations than we're used to uh apparently mm -hmm. we missed seeing them in further in situations far even farther removed from the usual uh which is sad but um i'll just put in my head the chicken story and pretend that i've seen it as part of the anime uh but yeah i mean no it's it's really it's a really good episode i think the things that it was missing things that it were ah god fucking these these linking verbs these these, this 2B, this past version of 2B, fucking me up. Uh, 
it, it didn't have kind of the like pervasive tension that is I found so gripping about the rest of the episodes. But I was I like, I was, I think I was, I was ready for that, because, and it was yeah. I think I think on so yeah, just but I'm just rating it as an individual episode. I think these episodes are necessary. The kind of um, lower tonal ebbs are necessary in terms of like the entire show keeping you engaged um you know most shows can't keep the pedals the floor the whole way through uh and be like palatable um some you know very few can but so yeah four stars uh excellent stuff very good um damn right i am excited to meet uh yulun or yurun uh and and see what's up with the the uh, with mr lee's ringer over in la <laughs> good stuff good stuff well then uh that wraps up the episode so let's just oh sign up. mirror oh, mirror's waifu is appearing next episode now i'm excited Ooh. now i'm very excited um we'll, we'll we'll rate them don't worry we'll rate your wife three point and he also gives the episode uh, sorry they give the episode three and a half chicken feathers which <laughs> is I forgot to I said stars again, so I'll say <laughs> uh four giant rats uh hiding in your drawer out of R-O-U-S's. five. Yes. R-O-U-S's rodents of unusual size. Classic. <laughs> uh anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen and Emmys, thank you all so much again for tuning in with us here uh stream of Fart Warrior Death Show covering banana fish. Uh we're now a quarter of the way through. Um so far this has been pretty spectacular both in terms of the show itself and just doing this new format. Um, thank you all very much for tuning in. Uh, old and new audience members, it's always a delight to have you here. So thank you so much. Uh, with that said, uh, if I may just pass the, the digital mic over mm-hmm. to uh, Doc. Uh, Doc, could you please tell everyone where they might find you on the, you know, the dark, twisted corner of the internet that you occupy? Well, I'm on Twitter at The Subtle Doctor. You can hit me up there to talk about whatever nerd things that you like. Also, mm-hmm. um if you want to vote in our Twitter polls, which will be open for the next seven days that we've just opened. And uh, there's even a couple for Monday that are still open. Uh, the episode five ones, the episode six ones are at Watery Desho on Twitter. W-A-R-U-I-D-E-S-H-O-U. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and speaking of Twitter, let me just read the final polls that we got for episode six for the people listening, <laughs> listening in podcast land that don't have access to the chat links. Um, here are the ones that you can vote on. Is Banana Fish Surf and Turf? Yes or no? Uh, yes is the early leader. God damn it. 67%. Two thirds of you are wrong. Science is failing me. Uh, AG says Ash is not broken. Do you believe this is true? Uh, no has 100% of the vote at this early stage. Um, and do you believe eBay is being selfish or truly has AG's best interests at heart? Again, very early days for this poll. Uh, this is a two-thirds, one-third situation. Two-thirds believe he's being selfish, and 33% believe that he does have AG's best interest mm-hmm. at heart. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, everybody, um, vote on Twitter. Follow us to see what we're up to, whether streaming visual novels, which I've started to do, um, or, you know, potting, uh those kind of announcements uh we've got a soundcloud of course if you're watching us on on youtube if you're listening to us on soundcloud we have a youtube channel (laughs) (laughs) and 
Uh, if you'd like to email us, we're waredesho at gmail.com. And sure. iTunes, all the other podcast catchers, you can subscribe to us there as well. Please uh, leave a nice review if you're a fan. Uh, it helps us and helps increase our discoverability. And for the YouTubes, sure. you guys know what to do. Clicking the thumbs up and the subscribe and the bell and all that jazz. Thank you, though, for even if you don't do that stuff and you consume our content, we're very grateful that you do, and we appreciate it. Absolutely. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at Shade and Tencent. You can also find me on Curious Cat at Curious Cat Domi and Shade and Tencent. Just, I don't know, send me links to things. I don't know. Like, put it, put it in a mystery URL. As long as it's not, you know, like a cryptocurrency miner or some sort of pawn bot, then I'll give it. And I like sticking my name plugs on it. Fuck it, who cares? Ah, anyway, thank you all so much for listening. I hope you all have a very lovely Friday, wherever you may be, wherever time it may be in the world for you. But, as always, as we like to say here on Warrior Death Show, until next time, everyone, great show for everyone, until the end of the universe. Goodbye, and good night. Mm-hmm.